Hello and welcome to the year we started a podcast, a podcast born. Did I? Okay, Nick. Here, uh, yeah, actually, I'm just gonna scratch this whole thing. <laughs> I'll start again. Start off I keep, strong. I, I keep putting the year that we started a podcast, like every time no, I say it. Don't, don't say the year that. I think it's just the year we. You know, it, it, it definitely is the year we. I just oh, accidentally fair. say the year that we because I'm an idiot. Ah. Uh, fair. Hello and welcome to The Year We Started a Podcast, a podcast born like a phoenix from the ashes that are 2020, which I was going to hold that off uh, until we made it to 2021 so I could officially say that 2020 was in the books, but screw 2020. It's 2020 dead. may not end. It <laughs> may not end. Now. You don't know that. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. I probably jinxed it beyond uh, all repair at this point. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm your co-host, Jeff. And I am your other co-host, Nick. And this is our podcast where we jinx the year that we're currently living in. Uh, we're a couple of friends, uh, half a continent apart, that want to come together and talk about the things that are fun and interesting to us. Nick, uh, so this is being recorded a couple days before Thanksgiving, but will be released yep. a couple days after Thanksgiving. Uh, maybe even on Cyber Monday, where we can celebrate our ability to buy all the things online. Since that will probably be the release date of this episode, I think I thought it would be fun to go back into the uh, the annals of history of our Amazon purchase history and talk about the early days of buying things on Amazon. Uh, okay, what what were some of your funny early purchases on Amazon? Uh, well, I thought it would be fun to at least on the first. So, like, do you have the same Amazon account that you've had from I don't know? No, so I've basically ditched my original Amazon account. It is on the first email I ever had, and I am not sure that I will ever get some of the, the old school, <laughs> old accounts like of those, like just cleared out because that well, email and its password are long gone. So. <laughs> well, that'll make a part of this a little bit uh, one sided. <laughs> but fair, what, fair. What, so how far back does your current Amazon account uh, go um, back? It probably goes back like. 10 plus years but it's jen's like i just share mine with my wife now and oh, so it, it was hers originally so we can snoop on her history if we need to that's snoop. fine yeah I'm, I'm happy with snooping publicly okay yeah uh well so while you get logged into your amazon account i will tell yeah. you the very first thing so this is how far mine goes back uh to 2008 where for my one of my first college classes i think uh i bought connecting with computer science by Greg Anderson, <laughs> so oh, a textbook. Yeah. So Quality. like I feel like that's fitting for Amazon with their uh, bookstore history. So Katie and I were looking uh, at what point for us, anyways, the like when did Amazon start taking over our purchase history? <laughs> like when when uh, when it started taking over our buying lives? So that's a really good question because Jen got a book in '09, uh, a digital picture frame in 2010 and then there's basically just a couple of textbooks for me in 2011 and actually <laughs> no, there's actually a couple of books as well there's like three books as well oh and a dvd player good, oh, good investment good investment <laughs> <laughs> like what what's wild to me is like when i thought about this i thought that amazon had been a much bigger part of my life for a lot longer than what it actually was but they kind of exploded only only a little bit recently, right? It's it's much more recent than I would have thought, Nick. Like like if I go to 2015, uh, I see stuff. I see some. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of something that I can actually mention on this. <laughs> Whoa, nope, digging nope, in deep here. Nope, okay, okay, I nope, like it. Nope, I'm just a shy person, Nick. There's Air it out. There. Okay. Anyways, uh, no, so there like super fight. Like we paid, we played super fight. I think when you were here. Yeah, yeah, point. yeah. Super so that was fun. December of 2015 um, okay. that I bought that. But that was, <laughs> I scrolled past, uh, Kirkland Signature Daily Multivitamins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kirkland man. on the damn. One, okay, two, go, three, go Amazon. Four, five, so on this, on this exact same note, Jen has two orders placed in all of 2014. And so like, at this point, I'm almost positive that I don't have an Amazon account for us to be like, for her to have been using. Yeah. Or like, and I say her, she has, but like, she has two orders placed in 2014. That's insane. So, I have two orders placed like this week. I was going to say, yeah. So <laughs> in 2014, I had 14 orders, which uh, probably no, at the still... time seemed like a lot. But man, I like, well, let, let's go a little bit further in the future. So so what was the order count in 2015? Uh, 32 followed by 66 and six, 2016. So at 
20 that's what's crazy is because like 20 so for me 2015 i had 61 orders and in 2016 i had 79 so really not that much more like just once a month more, yeah, but, I would buy something off Amazon. But se- 79 is, like, I think that that's the point where it's it's pretty much your dominant purchasing place in that's like, 50-plus range. Because, like, I mean, that, that implies that you're shopping on there every week, right? Uh, I guess that's have, a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we have way more in 2020, but that is, I mean, not, not even way more. I mean, I don't want to sh- overshare or anything, but we have 105 on 2020. But we get, like, most of our groceries are actually cheapest and easiest on uh here and then we also just whenever we need something like really small intermittent we don't have to do the thing anymore where we're trying to get over a certain amount so it's just like oh i need these gloves for whatever it's cool let's grab them or like oh i needed armor all multi-purpose wipes you know like okay that's cool it's fine right wipe the car down so in 2020 so far for us, we have 322. So I feel like uh, if whatever uh, reservations you had with oversharing there, I've, I've done. I really you. appreciate that you are always there to, to pick me up. I appreciate that. <laughs> I do what I can. All right. Do you want to share what the most recent thing you bought on Amazon was? Um, well, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's okay, I can't. It's okay if not. No, no, no. It's uh, my my first couple aren't that interesting. Jen got some coffee stuff, and then I got a mic isolation shield for all of our however many listeners. Now I do apologize. I'm trying to get my audio quality up. I got a little mic isolation shield. That's what is my most. Pr- I saw a picture of it. It's, yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah. What's your most recent purchase, purchaser? <clears throat> okay, so arriving Friday will be. You want to guess? uh no (laughs) (laughs) i feel like every time i do the you want to guess thing it's like the most unfair not funny thing ever (laughs) there's the very like very rare time where you're like ah i got a really funny one or like oh i really know what's going on in your life but not really not right now (laughs) (laughs) baby dove tip to toe baby wash and shampoo for baby's delicate skin rich moisturizer Ah, washes away ah. bacteria tear free and hyperallergenic 13 ounces 586 there's a vector that I don't have because I don't have the ch- the the childcare aspect for my shopping needs. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a very descriptive title. Like normally, it's like like the next one down is also. I didn't even realize my wife had bought a new curling iron, uh, but a Conair double ceramic half inch curling iron. Like I feel like I feel like that's a good uh, concise description i agree whereas meanwhile i'm looking at like a little pillow thing that jen ordered and this thing is like three and a half lines long and it's like this is why is this three and a half lines long for the title of this item search engine optimization apparently uh probably of our lives um yeah seo that's why our podcast only has 15 people (laughs) have downloaded at this point Um, you really gotta figure that one out yeah we'll figure it out Anyways, you mentioned uh, coffee. Uh, are you guys like what kind of what's your coffee game like, Nick? Uh, my my coffee game is weak. I don't really drink much coffee. What I do is I have a little bit of whatever Jen's having, and I have I I somehow like skipped the phase of life where you develop like the taste of co- like the enjoyment of taste of coffee, which doesn't make any sense because I'm a total like hippie wannabe hipster in california who <laughs> went to coffee shops with friends before classes and whatever else or you know but like after work or, and everything it didn't it didn't matter i i'm i'm weak how about you what's, what's your coffee game like uh so we uh, we have a coup rig and it's so convenient and i know it's not the best coffee in the world but i mean it's it's hey, fast no and easy and when especially with kids and they like to wake up at, I don't know, pick it whatever time you want to wake up and subtract two hours. I don't, don't think it actually matters. That's just when the kids wake up. <laughs> um, so it's it's really an efficiency game. But um, no, it's funny. Like when I was growing up, I absolutely could not stand the taste of coffee. Like I would gag at just the – like I, I there's just no chance I could do coffee. But I always really loved the idea of coffee. and yep, same. And so – I slowly forced myself to try it like little by little. I I think what I learned was the thing that I could not do was the sweet coffee. Uh, like I had to have it completely black or black with cream. I couldn't do any sweet stuff, which is like when you were trying to learn to like coffee, that's what a lot of people like, or that that's what you would kind of go to is like, Oh, well, yeah, sweet. And then you'll like it a little bit more. But for me, it was the exact opposite. Like I, I could not. I to this day I still can't do sweet coffee. Like I can, I can take a tiny sip of my wife's uh, 
whatever. Just like tastes like thing. bitter milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> milk with I, an aftertaste. Not not my thing. But uh, I eventually got to the point where I could tolerate coffee and then I got addicted to caffeine from coffee and then there you go over a thing like i can't go a day without having it now um but no no that's funny it's just it's weird like to have gone from not liking something so so strongly to having it be a part of day to day yeah and i'd like to say that like i uh i do okay with you know expanding my horizons past whatever all of our you know all of our tastes our palates or whatever are terrible as a (laughs) as young adults uh yeah i I think i've done okay at like expanding and being like adventure i I just can't get it to click with coffee maybe i'll go the dark route i i feel like i've definitely your example of everyone saying that they uh transition into liking coffee by going like super sweet ones i agree i feel like i get recommended these like crazy sweet lattes all the time and it's just like what is this this is weird this is this is a milkshake or a cup of glass with or a cup of glass a glass of milk <laughs> with with a weird aftertaste this is, why, why would i drink this so uh maybe i'll try the all of the darker options before we dive into some of the topics that we have today uh i do <laughs> i do want to say for starters, if you are ever thinking about making a podcast and you're worried about not having anything to talk about, we're now currently recording passing the 13-minute mark. I was worried yeah, that know. we would have absolutely nothing to talk about. <laughs> so far, we've <laughs> only crossed off the list. Uh, look up what your most recent Amazon purchases were or whatever. So is that a commentary on how easy it is to produce podcast content or or not produce, but to uh come up with podcast content or is it a commentary on how you and i are just long-winded and like to hear ourselves talk uh it might be a bigger commentary on me in that regard than you (laughs) i i would just say probably probably both like uh call me we'll call me we're it's it's equally it's equally easy and we're both very (laughs) terribly long-winded uh and willing to talk about just random dumb stuff for a very long time speaking of talking about dumb stuff so last time we had talked and i think i edited out a good portion of it uh in our last episode we talked about couch co-op and in my response to couch co-op i referred to games like super smash and goldeneye and stuff that is completely uh, which i think again like i maybe corrected myself when we were talking about it i don't remember exactly but yeah, I mean, uh, that's regardless. not like really a couch co-op but i got what you were getting at i mean that's the the old school you get together with your friends and play together in the same room and like that's not co-op but it's uh, it's, yeah yeah, sitting on the couch and playing a game like yeah Yeah. it worked out okay but i did sound like an idiot because i completely uh went a different genre but the i do have a like a back in the day favorite couch co-op game oh let me in so this would have been uh back when me and my brother were uh uh gosh actually you know what i want to i want to google this hold on i'll edit this part out a little we'll see wow editing wow all right, so the game released in 1993, and it was uh, for the Super Nintendo Jurassic Park. And oh, interesting! Did you did you play this at all, or this? No, no we have for you. I I think my cousins had it, but no, I don't think I did. Not really, at least. There's not really like there's nothing super interesting to like share about the game itself. Like it was a fun game where you go around and shoot dinosaurs and I don't know. It was, like it was no, fun. Great. It was probably still a little bit fun today. But the the thing that I find most interesting about that that I would have shared yesterday or last time we recorded had I done a better job of remembering what couch co op means uh, was just how like we had so much fun and we played this for so long. The I mean, like the the couch co-op aspect of it was certainly a a fun part, but even now the music and the sound effects still like if I were to hear that now, it would bring (laughs) me back to being a six or seven year old playing with my little brother on the old SNES. Like, I love it. it, It's just crazy how good sound is at, you know, transporting you back to a time like it's like time travel via sound stuff i don't know it's i it's very i special. completely agree i completely agree and at some point in time um I, I will butcher it if i try to do it justice on this uh on this podcast but anybody who's listening should definitely look up on youtube about um about the way that they had to do audio for the snes because it's really interesting actually and it's interesting because in part to me some of those songs are incredibly iconic and like you're exactly right if I hear certain Mario songs, if I hear certain Donkey Kong songs, I can literally oh, just picture yeah. the worlds like being underwater and yeah. Oh man. But so while we're on this subject, I was realizing as I was talking to my wife that um, 
our podcast, I was like trying to describe to my wife and to a, to a friend what our podcast is really about. And I was trying to think of the topics that we've covered. And I've noticed that our topics are predominantly us waxing nostalgic about 90s and early 2000s content. <laughs> so in case anyone wants to know what kind of our podcast is, you know, it's, you know, it's a free flowing open conversation, mostly about 90s. And early 2000s media. Don't worry about it. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with it. This is, yeah, it's a good time. On your subject, to respond to your uh, your Jurassic Park as your favorite uh, couch golf game, my favorite couch golf game at that for that same time period, which was apparently initially released in March of 91, which is a little bit weird because that's before I was born. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, oh, Turtles in freak. Time. Yes. Great oh, game. my gosh. Swan, the game lost to time. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, my gosh. And, Nick, I haven't thought of that in so long. Oh, oh, exactly. Man. And, and now you can just instantly be there with me. I love oh, it so my, much. Oh, my and, gosh. And what I love about these things is, like, in retrospect, how much of our stuff was uh, of our games of early content and early uh, video games is just really, like, Ah, oh, we really gotta cash in on this Jurassic Park thing we got going right now. <laughs> <laughs> we had a movie success making a Super Nintendo game. What is it? Ah, uh, you're fighting dinosaurs. We're oh, watching man. Ninja Turtles. Kids are watching that. What do you do with them? Send them back in time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Be great. I'm just freaking scrolling through a list of good. Couch co-op games. Oh no, in the we'll, 90s we'll now. be here all day. We'll be here all day. Oh, man. That's, that was the golden era for for couch co-op. What else was there, you, Nick? Because like, I, I, man, like if if I can forget about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like what else is there that I'm forgetting? Right. This is the one you're gonna have to you're gonna have to cut this one. But okay. you know the other one that I I loved, and it wasn't a couch co-op game, I don't believe. But the other one that I loved was the Lion King Super Nintendo video game. Oh, absolutely oh, high quality, high quality. Oh man. <laughs> Dude, so in the same vein of not couch co-op, but games I played so much. Uh, well, first off, I have to give a nod to uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Like I spent <laughs> yes, yes, like yes. I'm pretty sure my brother still knows the uh, code to go directly to what was the uh, Super Macho Man or whatever the guy before Mike Tyson was, and Mike Tyson himself. Anyway, the Aladdin game for SNES. Did you ever play that? Ah, uh, yeah, I did. I dude, we're going down that, the list of all the old child's, child's <laughs> video game classics. That freaking lava stage. If you if you remember that, like, oh my I gosh, do. I've like. There's never been a more frustrating level in any video game I've ever played in my life, I'm pretty sure, than that So, okay, hold stage. on. Some of this stuff is going to have to get cut, because we're going to be uh, uh, over our normal amount of time on just, <laughs> <laughs> just Super Nintendo content. The first topic and a half. I googled Lion King Super Nintendo, and the, uh, the top result is people also ask, why is the Lion King game so hard? To which Polygon responds, as it turns out, the Lion King's difficulty was added by design. Disney instructed developer Westwood Studio to increase its difficulty so that people couldn't beat the game within Blockbuster's rental period. Which is, there's so much that's so good about that. Oh, just like Disney being like, no, 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 you can't make it so the little kids, the little crap, crappers can freaking beat it in time. They're, we gotta go out and actually buy the damn thing. And then also, this game's a hold up held up as like a really difficult game which really makes me feel better because i have a distinct memory of asking my sister to beat levels for me <laughs> <laughs> oh man i just i love the fact that blockbuster can di- indirectly affect the market or affect yeah, the, yeah. exactly indirectly so how game design works so that you so can't cool. beat it in the time that you can rent it oh, oh that's man brilliant. Oh, we need to move on <laughs> oh my gosh um so, Nick, one of the things that I was thinking about this week uh, was last time we talked, I mentioned the Partners in Health stuff. And, I, you know, if you yep. haven't already, if you're able, go out and donate Partners in Health. Google it. You'll find it. Um, the the people that did that, I really enjoyed back in uh, early 2010s or honestly, even maybe before that a little bit. And there was a long period of time where I didn't listen to anything that they made at all and uh, and now I, I back to enjoying the stuff that they create. The, the reason why I found that interesting is I've always uh, like I was thinking back on the things that I pay attention to from like independent creators, because I feel like it's a little bit different for TV shows and stuff like that. I think that's a kind of sure. a different thing entirely. But for independent creators, I've always found the people that I enjoy listening to or uh, watching the most are people that are like 
three-ish or so years older than I am. Is that a thing that is, that super is funny. No, similar yeah, to you? Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. And I, so I don't know if this is true for you as well, but I've, I've always gravitated towards people like that. I've, I've always kind of wondered if it was like a, they're right in the range of being relatable still and that they've, they're your same generation. They've gone through a lot of the same experiences and the same time periods that you have at a similar age group, but they also have a better perspective on things. Because it's not just content creators for me, but when you put this in here, I was like, yeah, I know exactly what kind of, what age group I'm talking about. And it's for me, it's it goes beyond that. I mean, I, I most of the people that I've gravitated to for to try to hold on to as like more significant friendships have also been those kinds of that age range. Yeah, that's a way more coherent way to, to say what I would have said. Uh, th- but like, <laughs> sorry, I cut you off just to make it. Yeah, you, no, you're, I appreciate you're that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you're you. welcome. But yeah, it's like it, it. It's just interesting how we gravitate toward people that have gone through what we've gone through, but have a little bit more experience, uh, a little bit more perspective than what we have. And I, I found that interesting because it's not like I'm. Like there is definitely the half life there. Like there's not very many people that I enjoy watching or listening to that are twenty, thirty, or more years older than I am. Like it, like it's not that's not the sort of yeah. thing I enjoy. But the reverse is even more true. Like I, I find the YouTube stuff happening right now of the you know younger twenty year old random YouTube kid absolutely unwatchable and like not even. It's not even a like a oh I don't I don't think this is good like it's nails on a chalkboard on all levels there's just I cannot even remotely get into that sort of stuff. So I, so I wonder if it's um I wonder if it's like the content that they're making is also geared towards because I, I know what kind of content you're talking about and I I wonder if it's also geared towards people who are a little bit younger than them. So do you know what I mean? Like where we're looking at a content creator who is three to five or whatever years younger than us or yeah. three to 10 or whatever. And they're making content that is primarily appealable to people that are even a little bit younger. And so we're kind of like two or three steps removed um, because I actually, I kind of agree, but it's interesting because I, uh, you know, I, I've been trying to, as I, you know, you don't get exposed to a ton of people that are a ton younger than you mm-hmm. as you grow up, uh, as you get older, but the people that I have, I've tried really hard to um, try to value their perspective on things, even if they might not be as polished or coherent or articulate as I, you know, yeah, the my usual peers might be. I've been trying to see the 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 like the the good people, and I, I've noticed that I feel like people that are younger than me right now are have their head on their shoulders a lot more than I did at their same age. But I definitely can't do it with the content with most of the content creators yeah. that are younger than me. And I don't I don't listen to a ton of YouTube pod or YouTube content or podcasts. Um, I don't know if you consume more than I do, but that's not a, probably a so. you or anything. <laughs> fair, fair. But I'm I'm completely with you. Every one of my content creators is either right at my age or a little or definitely old, or older. Yeah, I, I just I I found that interesting, and I've never heard any. And I, like I'm sure that this is not a unique concept or unique thought out there in the world like i'm sure this has been already studied and figured out a million times before but it was just a thing i thought of and i hadn't heard anything uh, about it about how you kind of gravitate toward people that are just slightly older or a little bit further along in life than you are and again like it's it's like a really narrow window like i would not find a lot of stuff from like my parents generation very interesting like i don't find like that sounds bad like it's it's not that they're not interesting no, i just I, like i just naturally gravitate pe- toward people that are slightly further along i genuinely think it's it's harder to relate my my uh my parents like to tell me about the 70s and the 80s a lot but yeah. it's it's hard to to really put yourself there or really understand exactly what they were feeling or thinking and it's hard to carry over some of those lessons or some of them I think are also just kind of ingrained in society already right like if if society right. learns mm-hmm. a massive lesson like generally generationally then it's just going to be passed on to us anyways my parents have the, have had the same feelings for since the 70s to therefore 40 plus years or 30 years or 20 years when i was growing up then they'll have already taught me those lessons just in you know probably a more subtle intrinsic way yeah all right moving through the list nick you have a yeah. a couple a couple stories here uh <laughs> normally i'm the one that comes with a couple of random uh stories but i, I feel like 
I feel like it's your your turn for the stage. So what what all has happened to you this week? Fair. So I haven't asked how your pets are, and we haven't introduced the to our potential listeners that we have pets. But um, we do I have, have corgi. Yeah. Yeah, I have one dog. He's a corgi. He's twelve years old. He's awesome. And my wife had him before we met. Um, so the reason I say all this is to tell you that this dog is the <laughs> smartest piece of crap that I've ever that has ever been a dog. Like the smartest dog I've ever encountered is a better way to put that. He is, and I don't just say that I've had many dogs. Um, he's definitely the smartest in terms of picking up on our habits and picking up on my intent with stuff. He's very obedient. He learns, he knows many more commands than any other dog I've ever had, yada, yada, yada. But what's interesting with me to him uh, or about him to me is that he is very routine. Hmm. So what I mean is, if I'm driving and I go to get the dog out of the car in the back seat, mm-hmm. I open up the back seat and he runs to the other side, right? And my wife has always described this to me as he likes to be picked up this with his head on one side and it's more comfortable for him to get out on the other side. And that was the side she used to, always used to get him out on when it was her old car uh-huh. and yada, yada, yada. All this stuff makes total sense to me. He does actually prefer to, he tries to get in your arms if you're going to pick him up, tries to go with his head facing uh to your left huh and so the reason i say is the other night my wife was driving so i got out Mm -hmm. and i got out on my on the proper side for him and i opened the door (laughs) and he still ran away from me and he still barked at me and i'm like no you just you just run away from me because it makes jen laugh (laughs) that's why he does it (laughs) and it's it makes her laugh that i have to walk the the car and this dog runs our lives off of things like this. <laughs> and we we try to to understand it and describe it and like, ah, yes, it's because he's more comfortable this way. No, you know, he's, he's reading our reactions and that's basically all it is. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It's like uh, the exact same thing like is true of my daughter. Like she's been a total stink all week. Like I don't know what I've done to make her mad but she thinks it's so funny to like give me like like in the morning like we we all like do breakfast and then uh, usually watch like a little bit of especially like i'm off all week and uh like watching a show together which is usually frozen honestly because she just loves that show. <laughs> <laughs> which is just crazy as like do. as a show that i think it's been now like i don't know six seven years now but it's still like somehow makes it back into households even though my kids were not even they were negative three years old when that my, my nephew is obsessed with my nephew's two and he's obsessed with lion king he's like yeah cannot handle going so it's 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 weird disney's got a magic they it's, they, it's they really power. they really do anyways so she she just has decided that this is the week that she makes me uh feel bad uh like as a dad and so like in the morning i'll i'll want her to come sit by me and snuggle and she will literally say oh no and then she'll go run to my to my wife and snuggle with her like and like she doesn't even talk nick like she she could say like 10 words but she knows that i she does oh no she knows oh no will make me feel bad and then run away oh my gosh i'm a big fan i am a big fan oh gosh what a jerk (laughs) that's so good that's so good do you want to do your your coins let's talk about your coins oh okay let's talk about my coins hold on let me let me pull up my research here so nick uh one thing that i have been kind of tangentially tangentially aware of uh is how inefficient our uh like how inefficient pennies are has kind of been the thing that i've been more exposed to but honestly just coins in general so so i did some research because i want to talk about it on here we currently have pennies in circulation as i i would imagine you would know yep uh, I've, I've heard you've heard, you heard of the pennies yep it's uh, a rumor but you know so right are you confirming the rumor i i'm confirming the rumor yes okay. pennies okay. still do exist they currently okay. cost us about two cents to make per penny. I, I knew that, which is dumb. Which, that's that's yeah, frustrating and dumb. Right. Like, based on uh, what I know about the value of a penny, uh, that appears to be not in line with <laughs> the value it brings to <laughs> our let me, economy. Let me check the math here. Let me run the numbers. Oh, yep. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
1857, Nick, uh, this was a little bit before you were born. Um, you're a young, a young kid. So, but not like you. you. You were around. Right, yeah, yeah. This is from my own journal here. Um, mm-hmm. In 1857, we stopped minting the half-cent coin, uh, okay. which I immediately have to resist again the urge to say how much do you want to guess that is worth in today's money? Because, <laughs> again, guessing oh guessing is not a fun podcast uh, way to talk about things. It's not great, no. Uh, but no, that was... Uh, currently, in, in today's money, that was worth fifth, or sorry, 14 cents. Uh, adjusting for inflation. So we okay. were able to get rid of, in 1857, a coin that was worth 14 cents. Yet we are currently dealing with a stupid freaking piece of zinc and copper <laughs> that is like worth half the money it costs to make. And we're still making, what was it? I googled it here. How many... Okay. This is good podcast content, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we we made thirteen billion pennies uh, last year. So that's insane. That's great. That's great, Nick. That's that's well. The the stupidest part about that is that that's thirteen billion cents of that's just Nick thirteen billion inefficient. Oh my god, Nick. When that's when? Great. Okay, like legitimately. When is the last time? And maybe maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm the outlier. No. Here. When's the last not, time I, you used a penny? <clears throat> In purchasing a you're thing not. ever, I, I don't I, I, ever. You're, you're not. It's 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 bad. It's been a long time. I actually, I genuinely would not be shocked if I haven't used a uh, like a coin. I would be I wouldn't be shocked if I hadn't used a coin to purchase something in several years. Like yeah, yeah, in several years. I Nick, so I think <laughs> well, I could go back in my Amazon Amazon uh, search history uh, <laughs> to find this answer, but. I haven't used cash to buy something probably in four years, which with like yeah, the exception yeah. of a couple things. But like I, I bought a wallet, I think in 2016 or 2015 that did not, that I have never had cash in. Yeah. So to even, to, to even conceive of buying something with a penny, like to use a penny to buy goods, the, I, like it is so far removed from anything that I like. I don't even like. I don't even know what I would like if I was trying to pay or play devil's advocate for why we should have pennies. I don't even know where I would start with my argument, Nick. Um, and so I, I'm not. I don't want to dive into. Um, I mean, there's there's supposedly value in having hard currency and stuff, and I understand that that you can do that without having pennies and everything. Um, I I don't know, man. I I've I have thought about this a lot because, you know, at a, at a retail space, when when I worked retail, and this is years ago and whatever, already the trends were, were happening. We had to have coins shipped to the store because we would use coins in change when you people pay in cash, and then we would never get coins. So you have to literally get regular shipments right. of coins exactly. from your corporation, your corporate. And like... That's insane. Like, and everybody goes home. Everybody in the world goes home and takes those. And I, this is this is not the space for us to be ranting about stuff. I, I apologize, but everyone goes home, and we all have some coins that are either in a piggy bank or a jar or just a drawer or something. And it's it's very uh, it seems very inefficient and wasteful. Yeah, and in 1974, again, I did a little research here. The penny was worth whatever the equivalent is now of 27 cents. Oh, jeez. So. Like Nick, like we we didn't collapse as a society, and, and like I saw another like <laughs> like the the penny like if we were to eliminate it, it would have less than a one fortieth of a cent uh, impact on the price of goods. One fortieth yeah. of a cent, and we're just that's, that's like nuts. freaking throwing money away to mint these dumb coins that nobody cares about. I like I this is like obviously there's. There's some other things to care about. Uh, in, yeah, there's uh, a, there's a lot in the world that we could we could do more we have going and, yeah. on right now. Yeah, but like, man, this has been the dumbest thing. Like, why? Like, I I understand the nostalgia of pennies or whatever, but maybe hand a you know stuff a few in a box somewhere. But they're <laughs> like they are not you. Like, why are we still making them? They are not useful at all. Oh, I, I don't God. understand. Anyway, so this is my my rant about 
pennies. And honestly, maybe Nichols, your, are we... I, I didn't get on nickels because they're not as, uh, you know, as bad as the penny, but they're on my short list of other things to rant about too. Um, <laughs> so coming for you next, I think this Nichols. is our least positive, our least positive uh, <laughs> segment. Hey, Nick. And I, I, I feel bad about it because I am not an expert, so I'm, I'm afraid that someone on the internet's going to be like, actually... Here's why we need the penny so bad. And I'll be like, crap. Hey, you know what, Nick? First off, screw those random people on the internet. Second off, I feel like ranting for saving millions of dollars, it's a positive thing. So, I like, agree. it is it is a good rant, but it is a productive yeah. rant. Similarly to other <laughs> topics that we've had that are not necessarily uh, saying great positive things, but they are productive things, Nick. And that, in my book, That's counts what as, That's what as good uh, good things for the podcast. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, Nick, one of the things I want to talk about uh, was some of the early investing I did uh, as a young man. <laughs> oh, good. So this was yes. This was before. So we had our first house, um, which is kind of a story of an, in and of itself. Uh, but we were moving to our first real house after that. Uh, which right. resulted in me selling off what I had done as an amateur investor in Robinhood stuff, stocks. Like uh, there was certainly, uh, basically I just invested in things that I thought were good, like, you know, cool things. Like, ah, I, li- I like that product that this, this company makes. Therefore, they must be doing good. Exactly. So I invested in those things and I made a little bit of money, but like nothing crazy. Cool. I mean, I, it was like a year long yeah, thing and... We, but we moved and we needed the money to do renovations and stuff. And so I took my, I don't know, a few hundred bucks I had earned, uh, plus what I had initially invested in, took that out and turned it into, I don't even know, a, a finished room in a basement or something. But Nick, what I did do recently, uh, because uh, with uh, Katie working more, looking at different options for investing for retirement, which is... Just, oh my gosh, the most exciting topic ever to talk about. Oh, uh, yes, please, please. <laughs> yeah, investing over 30 years. That's going to be so much This fun. is the search yeah. engine optimization we need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. However, Nick, uh, turns out I was pretty good at picking stocks, which I don't know that this is necessarily... Oh, no. uh, you shouldn't have sold. You should have held on to it. I should have. <laughs> Uh, but which I don't know that this necessarily means that I'm particularly good at picking stocks, but I think what it does mean is all you out there, you need to go get money in the market because my gosh, it is better than just sitting around and doing nothing. But uh, Nick, let's. Let, uh, well, I can't play the guess. The I'm just going to assume price you price. had Apple. I just assume you had all your money in Apple in like '04. <laughs> this was like in 2016. So no. Oh no! I know. In, in '04, you were a child, so it'd <laughs> be funny. You were like taking those blockbuster wages. No, it, it's not that not that impressive. But it is ridiculous because like the the companies that I had invested in were. It would, it's not like it wasn't like any crazy amount of money, just a few a few shares. But there was uh, Tesla. Actually, let me. I threw my phone on oh, the Tesla, ground. I've, oh, heard, I've heard of them. Uh, yeah, Tesla. I've heard of them. <laughs> yeah, they they do car stuff these days. Do, it's do they kind of a, do, is there like their stock okay? Is it all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're doing okay. Um, but yeah, so so I had AMD, Microsoft, Tesla, Twitter a windmill company <laughs> like a, a green energy windmill company and CRTV which I don't even remember I think that's like some medical marijuana company I don't even remember what it was uh okay fair. but regardless yeah. if I would have held that entire time I would have had like a 1500% return on the money that I had now I'm I'm not I'm not a stocks guy is that a good <laughs> is that a good number 1500% yeah. So like you know, I made a few hundred bucks uh, back in the day before I sold, but like that would be I don't know, uh, whatever that is plus fifteen hundred percent. So that would have been oh my been gosh. Okay. So yeah, oh just the gosh. <laughs> if if there's not enough random things about twenty twenty to make you uh, wish that you could go back in time a little bit, there's there's one for you. You can go back in time and oh no, invest in the things I invested in twenty sixteen. That's what I don't understand. Like in retrospect. I guess it doesn't make good a good movie for teenagers and stuff. But you know, uh, Back to the Future, Biff goes back in time with the freaking like sports almanac and like bets on sports. Nah, <laughs> dude, go back in time and be like, oh, Microsoft, they did okay. 
I should put money in Microsoft. Any, That's what yeah, I should. find tech stocks. Invest. <laughs> right, invest. IBM? Cool. Into it. Let's go. Oh, man. So, like, th- th- this does kind of lead me, though, into a thing that I think is interesting, which is, uh, and I'm curious to hear your experience since we lived on different parts of the country growing up, but I had a class where we learned how to write a check and balance a checkbook. But really, that was the extent of financial education growing up. Yeah, from, negative. From school. Like, did you guys have anything more than that of like how to do finances? Not at all. I There was an AP economics class that was like not just in economics. It was like economics and something else. But I, uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't take it. So like I know friends had some more financial literacy than I did as a young adult or like, you know, as a high schooler. Um, but no, I mean, I, I basically was clueless until, uh, I mean, until, I mean, I, I still relatively can be considered clueless. <laughs> uh, I, I don't do anything with stocks, for example, which is probably on me because it's probably hey, you, money. That's, you're, uh, you're still, you're still a young man. There's plenty of time. Yeah. But no, so, no I, I, but, I genuinely find that like almost criminal, like well, how bad we are I, at that. Like, no, exactly. I, I never really learned how to balance a checkbook and then, you know, at some point, Banking becomes so online based and everything, and my wife is really, uh, really organized. It's it's interesting because when we moved in together and she was like telling me about it, she's like, "Nobody taught you this," and I was like, "No, what do you what what no?" And at this point, I was probably twenty three, you know, like yeah, fully independent adult who has to you know function in the world. And not only had I never learned it, nobody had even brought up the subject to me. Right, like I, no I, professor, no, no yeah. nobody, nobody brought up uh, like brought up budgeting as a thing that right. you should do. Like, heaven forbid, you should at the beginning of the year at least you know think through what you're going to be spending your money on for the next twelve months, because right, right, like we especially nowadays we are so driven by whatever the internet wants to shove at your face like we're going to be very tempted to buy all of the things and if we don't spend the time to plan what you're going to spend actually your money understand on, what yeah what our budget then are. you're yeah. then you're going to buy 300 and some odd things on amazon every year right I, I, so if for it <laughs> now jeff uh but <laughs> it was budgeted it's okay so it's it fine i told myself i was gonna buy things on amazon. <laughs> yeah it makes it okay if you know about it. <laughs> oh my god! But no, I mean, as a uh, as a young adult, when I was, uh, I mean, I say that like I'm not a young adult, but you know, when I was younger, I when I first started working and everything, and I had very limited income, uh, you know, just just budgeting, just setting aside like a small spreadsheet that's mm-hmm. very basic on like, hey, this is what I have to set aside. This is what I should probably set aside. It like actually changed my life. I recommended it to coworkers for years at a time afterwards, including coworkers that were younger than me. And I just like, dude, you should do this. It's it'll make your life better. And if you actually set aside things for your savings, that's contributing to your future and will literally relieve this this whole vector of stress. Right. It re- so. it really does. And um, you know, like, like I mentioned last time, we had uh, I had talked about <clears throat> partners in health and being able to give and I, I think that the only way that that works out well is if you budget and, and like to be able to 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 budget giving a little bit of money to stuff that you care about I think is a really cool thing to do and like obviously in different stages of your life that's going to be more and more or less feasible but sure. I, I just there there is so much more security in knowing how you're planning to spend money and the things that you that like the goals of like what you where do you want to be financially and we're not taught that in school which is just such a a wild thing because that is such like that is such a huge huge part of being an adult so yeah you know I uh, and and I don't want to um I don't want to turn or give the wrong impression and say that this is uh, say this like I'm bashing my parents because I have a good relationship with my parents and I think they're good people and they are good parents in a lot of ways and everything but like. I think it's weird that it wasn't kind of like a standard thing for parents to teach us. Uh, yeah. And that's not, I'm sure that there's a million other considerations in their minds. I'm not a parent. I can't speak to that mindset. And I know that like raising a kid is both the hardest thing that you can do. And also the easiest thing I'm sure to, to overlook some have small <laughs> gaps or whatever. And yeah. I don't blame my parents for having those small gaps, but it's to the point about budgeting. I literally looked up, I Googled how, like, how much should I be spending on food? How much yeah. should I be spending on rent? How much should I be spending on clothes? I those are things that I explicitly googled. 
which is like it is probably the most millennial thing you could say but it's like also it is so weird how taboo it is like it it is so important and we all deal with finances like if there's anything that we can universally say that we have to deal with completely agree we all have to have the money like we all have to pay the bills we all have to buy the things and but yeah it's like it's like even with my parents like it's not comfortable to talk about because it's yeah absolutely i guess hard stop like it's uncomfortable to talk about i don't know why but it is like right and i this is something that's that's confusing and interesting to me i think it's probably somewhere to do with you know there's a a tabooness and a uh, cultural norm of not talking about how much money you make and how much money you spend mm-hmm. on things because I think it talks to like you know your lifestyle, how privileged you are, and what your priorities are, and those are things that are kind of all personal, right? Yeah. So I, if you don't want to tell me how much your car payment is, like that's totally reasonable. But I think it is very reasonable to say, hey, your car shouldn't cost you more than X percentage of your income and i think that it's very reasonable to say hey this is how you balance a checkbook this is how you do xyz things that are all not disclosing a personal value on your life i mean for some people i'm sure it's different right like if the, the wealthier you get the more you can you know have a, a bigger percentage of your uh spending be discretionary or whatever right. you want to say but at the same time telling someone hey rent should be probably 30 percent ish of your income of your take home like that is not a personal judgment on life, and that's not right. a personal invasion for someone to tell you that, that like that's what their their value is, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I don't I'm completely with you that that should not be at all uncomfortable. Like we like we should know and like again, as a person who works in uh finance industry, like this is obviously close to to home here, but like people should be comfortable under like being able to talk about what portion of your income should you spend on a house or renting and, uh, you know, a car or multiple cars and food like just, and, and honestly, like you mentioned discretionary spending and obviously that does change, but just how, like how much random spending money is normal amount is the thing that not a lot of people know. Cause again, it's just a taboo topic that we don't really talk about. So, so instead of uh, instead of us all, uh, you know, discussing it and having like a kind of cultural norm, you as a eighteen or twenty one or whatever year old person you are, when you finally like you know go relatively independent or completely independent, just feels it out. That's scary and weird. That's scary and weird. Well, and and like a thing that I think about a lot um, that has a long term impact on my life. So katie got my dogs for us when we were dating when i was 18 years old and then again we jointly got my second dog when i was maybe 20 when i had moved out maybe 19 right but that was a decision which again i love my dogs (laughs) they are outside doing whatever they're doing right now but like that is a decision at 19 and or 18 and 19 years old that is going to impact me for uh year for for decades maybe uh, right right like we're not decades but like a, a decade easily right, right. like are not easily but a very very possible well, i'll tell you a decade easily is true because we're already like yeah. 12 13 years in that like and that is not even that big of an impact on my life like it's not that crazy but my financial choices like buying cars uh where we live what house we buy those sort of things are huge huge like impacts multiple like that will like how you set yourself up when you're when you're younger will i mean it's just it's a snowball like you can impact multiple multiple years based on decisions that you make when you're in our society uh, an educated person when it comes to finances right and that's a scary and unfair thing like it is so important like like it's so important that we should I don't know. In my opinion, again, this is a random rant that was not in our show notes at all, but we should be a lot more intentional about helping people understand what they are doing with their finances and what the long-term implications will be. Because, you know, I, I see way too much of the opposite of that, of making very short-term uninformed decisions that will negatively impact them and their family for many, many, many years. So, uh, on a more upbeat note on this Oh, right. Topic, yeah, we're supposed uh, to be upbeat and my, happy. <laughs> uh, you know, who knows? So, my uh, my next-door neighbor at my apartment here is a uh, is a financial advisor, and he's 
um, in his 50s, uh, I believe. I'm not positive, but I know he's got kids that are younger than me, so I, I think 50s. And he's a he's from Brooklyn and has the full Brooklyn accent. And I won't try to like butcher it or anything. But what I love about that is that he has had zero qualms with talking to me about it. And I, I mean it in a very good way because, I, you know, it is such a taboo thing, but I don't think it should be. But he was very like very early on in the doing. He's like, you're saving, right? You're putting money aside for saving. He's like, I'm not trying to be your financial advisor. You're young. You're young. You know, you don't need me. And he's like saying this all with this heavy Brooklyn accent. He's like, you're young. You don't need me. I'm not your guy. That's not what I'm saying. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, I love this guy. He's incredibly, incredibly uh, friendly and outgoing and kind. And uh, but I love that that there at least for some people, at least maybe it's being in the finance interest industry yeah. since you're talking about it too. Maybe it just opens up like, dude, people need to know. <laughs> people need to be aware of what they're doing. And, and like you said, intentional. Yeah, it, it really is because I mean, what what is so crazy is just how what you know the time value of money and being smart with it at a young age has such a huge impact long term so nick yep. you better yep. be saving i agree with your brooklyn uh neighbor <laughs> uh mike's the best man mike's the best thanks mike you're a good influence <laughs> note from the editor again our accents were completely offensive to everybody involved and i had to bleep it out i'm sorry all right, uh, so Nick, we're recording this like I mentioned before, a little bit before Thanksgiving, and I, you know, we both have our own family uh, traditions for Thanksgiving, I'm sure. But uh, we're gonna start a podcast tradition. We don't actually know what this is going to be yet. Uh, oh no! So, yeah, I've I've got nothing. Okay, you're welcome. Yeah, good job. But so so Nick, what is going to be our Thanksgiving podcast tradition, or at least toss out some ideas? What what like what what you think? Um, I don't know. So I, I could say that we could, like, so there's the, the, the classic, like, what are you thankful for? We could have like a podcasting spin on it. Like what's fun, uh, like what's been fun that you've been really enjoying this year or something like that, or like that you're enjoying right now. Um, I'm fine. I don't really, I, I don't have a good one. I feel bad. I, I feel bad because I, I have to come up with anything creative here, I don't. but I feel less bad because you did put me on the spot first. So. <laughs> I did put you first. Um, I I think it's okay though. I think we can just do the old school, go around the the dinner table, and say what you're thankful for. As is there, cheesy is as there that dinner? is, I like, would love dinner. Right? Let's now. just do that. Is there dinner? Where's the dinner? We're at the dinner table. Where's the dinner? Uh, can you point it out to me? Uh, or? Hold on, uh, Uber Eats. Uh, hey Siri. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Would you like Find to start? Restaurants or near I? Nick. <laughs> if Siri's got that one figured out, Siri's come a long way. Oh, hold on. Uh, oh, dang it. It was going to be really funny Siri, when I Siri read what she down. said. Siri let me but down. I accidentally exited nope. out because I threw my phone on the floor, like I said before. All right. Uh, so no dinner. I'm sorry. But uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I have literally no idea what I would even say. Um, why don't you go first? Perfect. Because I have no idea either. So Nick. You're good on your feet. I will go first. Mm, let's see. I think the favorite part of my year, I guess two things. The first thing is like the obligatory thing that you're supposed to share as a parent. So I have a uh, now, gosh, nearly two-year-old daughter. She'll turn two in February. But the last couple months, she's gone from baby to tiny kid. And uh, it's like the cutest thing ever. And she has opinions and she gets mad at me and holds grudges for weeks. (laughs) But Nice, nice. Um, just seeing her and and, and my son, who's uh, four years old, like them playing together is the most adorable thing. To be privileged in that, era, like it's just it's a very special thing. But the the thing I enjoyed the most was my wife. So her birthday is on the Ides of March, uh, which, if you remember, at the beginning of the year, Nick, uh, the Ides of March, yeah. falling on the fifteenth of March every year. Uh, was right at the like pinnacle of when everything was. Yeah, it's got to be on the moment. It was interesting time that week. So we 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 celebrated by doing kind of like a staycation. Like we went to a hotel. Like had the. It was the very first time that we had spent a night away from the kids, or spent away yeah. from our daughter. Got a hotel in town and spent some time downtown. And like the next week was when everything shut down, and then obviously escalated from there. But I am very happy that we had a, that little bit of time together to 
do do some fun things before some last bit of normalcy some last bit of like personal time right it it really was and like honestly it's so wild scrolling through photographs like uh like through your like on google drive like all the the going (laughs) this will lead to a good story going back from you know pre-covid with all the normal things going on and then that and then very quickly a bunch of work things uh like prepping for stuff and then all the the craziness that was thereafter and it's so wild (laughs) and and one of the things thereafter was and we had you and our wives had a call where at least i think like did did we call each other right after i had shaved my head on accident no, no. I think you told me about this, but no. Or oh wait, we, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I swear yeah, we yeah. did. Yes. Like, yes, we did. Well, anyway, yes, we did. So, so yes, for the did. podcast, basically, what happened early April? I cut my hair, um, or actually, my wife cut my hair. She did a fantastic job. She missed part of the <laughs> uh, part of my hair on the side. It was kind of unequal, so I was going to show her how to fix that real easily. And so I grabbed the the two guard and I grabbed the razor and I took a zero guard out of the side of my head because i forgot to put the two guard on the razor uh and then we tried to salvage it but uh there was no salvaging that was going to happen so early (laughs) early to mid-april i was completely bald uh because we we then shaved it after there's a bunch of good videos on that um my 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 son was very concerned about what i had done he said don't do it ever again so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we'll not do that ever again. And you should listen to him. He 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 really. Oh knew. yeah, he my knew. head's super lumpy, so not <laughs> not a great thing. <laughs> um, okay, well I'll go uh, in the same vein. Um, I'll, I'll give you two that are actually basically in the exact same vein, but I'll do them in reverse order. Okay. Is uh, my wife and I got married almost a year ago. Now we are about uh, a week and a half out for my anniversary Aww. my first anniversary so i am happy early anniversary thank you you are sir. very lucky uh, i cannot imagine like the fact that you found somebody that will deal with you is beyond i, I know it's, i i'm convinced that this is like her only blind spot don't tell her <laughs> that this is that she's could do better just please everyone out there just keep keep i i do i do know that she listens to this podcast so i will edit that out for you just so she doesn't catch uh, up but, I really do appreciate that, yep. sir. I really do appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, lucky to have a graceful, kind, intelligent wife that actually uh, puts up with my junk and uh, laughs at it and <laughs> all of that goodness. Because that's I think that's basically what we're all looking for is someone who laughs at our crap instead of getting mad at it. It's basically the thing you're Can you tell for. my wife to laugh at my crap? <laughs> she, um, she tolerates it, but it's... No, uh, no, no. I, I feel I, like that's I, as far as it goes. Between, I can't get it between you and uh, Katie, so... <laughs> All right, what, what's the other thing? The other one, I, uh, you know, I am lucky enough that this year I moved closer to all of my sisters, and yeah. uh, we had, like, this uh, funny conversation that, like, we didn't want to be those those siblings who, like, are the siblings in movies who nobody know they don't know each other at all, and they're, like, these distant mm-hmm. strangers and all that junk. Uh, and it, it's, it was funnier in context. I know I didn't do justice in a funny way there, but... And so I was lucky enough to that we ended up moving down here and all my sisters and I are in the same place for the first time in like 15 years, plus 20, maybe. I forget the exact time frame. Um, but that and my nephew is too. And even during COVID, we've gotten to spend a ton of time with him. And he's just like you're saying, cool. becoming a kind of a more of a, of a person. Yeah. And the reason I say all this is just that it's a... Uh, not to say like, oh, I'm so thankful for family, but just that I've had a, a year of kind of reconnecting with family. And I'm very grateful that that happened right before COVID because I, oh my God, I'd be even more yeah. stir crazy and feel isolated if I didn't have family in the vicinity and I was still 400 miles away or whatever I was before. Uh, so it's been super fun to see him growing up and, and be like, kind of have a first hand look on that, even though it's not, you know, I'm sure it's not the same as being around it every day and you don't get the kid being mad at you for weeks on end and <laughs> finding it hilarious to tease your, tease you with it. Uh, but it's been fun and I'm lucky enough to be in your family. So that's cool. 
that's cool. Well, and as cheesy as it is, again, like I appreciate being able to hang out with you and do this podcast. Uh, Same here. This has been really fun. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a fun learning experience. And someday we'll have to maybe talk about just the all the things that go into editing and posting things and all the work that like it is. Yes, honestly, all the work that is, we have to do. For yeah, those all things. that we yes, have to we. do together. Uh, it's a really a joint <laughs> effort. <laughs> I wonder if that gave any hints on who does the majority of that. Uh, and by the majority, I mean 99.9999%. Uh, let's leave it open to interpretation. 